The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. This episode is brought to you by Fujifilm Business Innovation Australia, the automatically intelligent choice when it comes to AI-powered, high-value print. Explore their Revoria Press series today. Welcome to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from the print files at Print21, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and PKN Packaging News. Well, November has been a big month, not only for print, but for the whole world, with a COP26 climate change conference. Wayne, what does that mean for print? Uh, You're right, Lindy. A great month for print. COP26 moved the world forward. Not as far as some people would have wanted, but at least we're in the right direction. As far as print concerns, as Australia commits to net zero carbon emissions by 2050, a date which hopefully will move forward, uh, the print industry will face increasing demands to show its environmental credentials. Print industry leaders, though, say print is already well advanced in the transition to a sustainable industry and increasingly able to show the market uh, that uh, its carbon emissions are rapidly declining. The government has said it's unlikely to mandate actions, but the mandate, if you like, the demand for print to show its reduced emissions will come from the market itself, uh, particularly from uh, corporates, governments, agencies, which provide, which is the bulk of print buyers. And in fact, that, that move has been underway for the past 20 years, uh, but it will now be supercharged. Eco-credentials, uh, Lindy, will likely become, along with price, service and quality, part of the matrix of printing centers. Uh, and in fact, that's already the case in uh, jobs, but that will be much more so now. Well, we talked last month about how print industry suppliers have really stepped up their environmental practices and products over recent times, Wayne. And I see just this month, Avery Dennison's environmental targets to get it in line with the Paris agreements have been externally validated. Those supplier-led developments are changing the industry in many ways. But are print businesses themselves thinking about their own contribution? Yeah, good question, Lindy. And the answer is a resounding yes, they are. Uh, Print businesses, as we've just mentioned, will have to deal with market demands. We know that scope one and two, they are the internal uh, changes that all businesses can make. Scope three, which is the the suppliers, uh, that's where print businesses will have to step up as their customers demand that their suppliers reduce their carbon emissions and show that they are themselves heading towards carbon neutral. We're seeing many businesses move to solar. Coleman Group, a big sign printing business in Sydney, uh, it's just installed uh, 300 solar panels on its uh, Strathfield premises. That's going to generate at least 50% of its company's energy needs to start with. Rod Peter, managing director there, Typical business there says sustainability is now a major focus for us. Yeah, actually it has been for several years there. Net zero is where we want to be as a company, says Rod Peter. And there's many businesses like that. Um, And then we're also seeing print businesses contributing to their customers in other direct ways. For instance, Lithocraft, which is one of the big commercial litho printers in Melbourne, has worked with Arnott's Group. uh, And now Arnott's Group, all the point of sale material there is 100% recyclable. And what's, what that means is, particularly with the clips, they were plastic for the point of sale. You know, Lithocraft, together with Arnott's, has developed recyclable uh, plant-based clips. Uh, and then also the laminate Lithocraft has worked on there. So the whole thing is recyclable. So that's a great example, two great examples. One print business going solar, 
Uh, and the other one, Lithocraft, really getting positive. Now, how can we make this product completely 100% recyclable? And we've also seen some developments from label makers, which have been pretty impressive this year. Uh, yeah, that's right. Label Makers Group has just uh, had hit an important milestone. Six months ago, uh, it launched its liner recycling services for glassine liner. Um, it's just announced that it was uh, seen 130 tons of product that would have gone into landfill has now been recycled. And next year, it's a thousand tons that it's aiming for that it believes it will uh, that it will supply to the market that will now be recycled instead of going into landfill. So a terrific, uh, a pr- terrific s- solution there from label makers. And in those three examples we've just talked about, we've got a sign a sign printer at Coleman Group. We've got a commercial offset printer, point of sale display printer at Lithocraft, and a label printer and label stock supplier. Uh, they're all supply, they're all now upping their environmental programs. Uh, they are re- all reaching towards net zero, and that's typical of the whole industry. The, the industry, in a nutshell, there. We will see the printing industry move strongly forward, as we're all moving forward in our own personal lives. We're all looking at electric cars, checking out whether we should be flying. Our recycling is going strongly. So yeah, the printing industry have no doubt, being no doubt, is making strong environmental progress. And what about the trade associations? They're an important voice. What role are they playing? Yeah, they're also, as you would imagine, uh, and are doing, taking a lead in this in this whole story. PVCA, Print and Visual Communication Association, about to relaunch its Sustainable Green Program. That's the SGP, which many print businesses have been down, provides a pathway for printers to pursue an environmental objective. Uh, Walter Kuhn, president there, saying print businesses can use it to get SGPs to get to where they need to be in environmental terms, and then confidently go to market with those benchmarks. Kelly Northwood, TRMC, says that next year they have identified uh, carbon mapping for print businesses and a new campaign against claims that print means deforestation as the two key planks in its program for next year. Uh, Kelly Northwood says print is a high energy business uh, and print businesses need to understand where they are, where their carbon emissions are coming from as a first point in then working towards solutions. And then um, Outdoor Media Association which is the group that uh, represents all the outdoor media, the billboards, bus wraps, that kind of thing, bus shelters. Uh, they are moving towards carbon neutrality next year. Uh, and they are going to develop a program that will give all advertisers the chance to offset the what they calculate to be the carbon output, the carbon emissions of the spend on the advertising that they wrap around buses, that they wrap around billboards, that kind of thing. Carbon offsetting, of course, it does have its critics. Some say that, well, you're still actually putting the carbon in the atmosphere, but it's certainly an important first step. Well, yes, and the economic benefits of being green, of a green future, sustainability, making business sense, that's often um, spoken about. But being a green printer doesn't necessarily insulate you from the realities of commercial life, as we have seen with the sad demise of Mystique Print this month. Yes, unfortunately, one of the big stories in print this month, Mystique Print, 31-year-old business, operator of Roeville in Melbourne, Surrey Hills in Sydney, gone into liquidation. Uh, Darren Green, the aptly named, in fact, Darren Green, uh, has been an environmental pioneer for the past 31 years. He claimed to have the first carbon-neutral print business in Australia. Uh, His business was put forward actually in a question to Julia Gillard when she was Prime Minister uh, with local member Alan Tudge asking why sh- why should companies like Mystique Print pay the carbon tax when they're already carbon neutral? Of course, as we know, carbon tax didn't happen. Uh, but the business, it ran two B2 offset presses, suffered along with the whole of the commercial Victorian sector during COVID. 
because obviously we know Victoria had huge lockdowns. Uh, then they had an issue with the landlord who wanted to jack up the rent. So yeah, it's sad to say that uh, Mystique is no more. Not too much money owed to the trade, $110,000 of the $950,000 that it went down with, $110,000 owed to the trade, along with $93,000 to, uh, to the paper businesses, unfortunately, the two major paper businesses. But yeah, sadly, uh, being a green printer does not insulate you from the realities of commercial life. Well, the environment will continue to be front and center of a lot of business strategy going forward. But we do have another big issue that's happening for print and for all of us, and that's the ongoing shipping crisis. We've got supply times ballooning out and countless stories of stock and equipment being stuck overseas, and prices are skyrocketing. There has been an upside, though, Wayne, as onshoring has grown where work that would have previously gone overseas is um, now deemed too risky to go to those external markets and local printers are benefiting. And in New Zealand, they are taking that one step further. Tell us some more. Yeah, that's right. Print New Zealand, Print NZ, the uh, Employers Association for the Print Businesses of New Zealand, has just launched the Printed in New Zealand campaign. Uh, this is, there's actually one in Australia already existed. In New Zealand now, they're encouraging local printers to display a campaign logo that they've got to brand their work and for their clients to show that work was printed in New Zealand. Uh, and Ruth Cobb, CEO of Print New Zealand, I was talking to her, she said the logo also offers the opportunity for that work to remain in New Zealand. She said the issues created in supply chain delays on the back of COVID-19 has seen work to come back to New Zealand and we want to keep it here. Price, of course, is the big reason why work goes offshore, but shipping, and it, it is a huge issue, will be a huge issue, uh, has created problems. There's no point getting your books or magazines or cookbooks, whatever, printed overseas and you can't get them back into the country. Uh, and prices are rising as well not only in shipping, which is skyrocketing, but in manufacturing overseas. And for businesses, particularly those with a social and local concern, and particularly for government, keeping the money and the manufacturing on, in the country in big picture terms is hugely beneficial. If you're paid 120% of the cost of having it printed in China, 100% in China, 120% in New Zealand, that's great. You save 20%, but in fact, all that 100% of dollars goes overseas. Whereas if it's kept in the local economy, then of course it contributes to the local economy. Uh, and so that's always been an argument. So great to see uh, Print New Zealand uh, running this new initiative and good luck to them with it. And staying in New Zealand, we've seen print business mergers have been a big theme over the past month. Auckland-based print specialist Sawprint, uh, which celebrated 100 years in business, if I'm not mistaken, Wayne, and communications group um, ICG, so Sawprint and ICG, are merging, and they're creating a Kiwi print powerhouse of creative publishing and large format expertise, combined with commercial print logistics and packaging proficiencies. So, as I understand it, the merged company will operate out of a new 5,000-square-meter consolidated premises in Mount Wellington from early next year, initially under their existing brands. The new entity, though, is going to be renamed, as far as I understand that, too, with a revised brand in line with the move on the cards. Now, Fred Saw and David Atkins, who are currently CEOs of the two businesses, will be joint CEOs of the new company. All 80 Sawprint staff and the 100 ICG staff will also be part of the new business. So no chops there. Wayne, do you think we'll see more print mergers or is this a one-off? 
No, we'll see more mergers for sure. And we're already seeing them. And in fact, in New Zealand, uh, we've seen uh, Tarunga-based Kale Print uh, will be uh, has bought uh, Rotura-based Advocat Print. Uh, all its production centre, its staff and the brand. Uh, Advocat's owners, uh, Nola Staff Merrick, moving away. Um, Kale's 35 staff, uh, Advocat 15. And that's a story where uh, two printers merge one printer buys the other, will be uh, an ongoing part of the print industry, as particularly as the uh, owners of the businesses uh, look to succession planning. If they don't have a son or a daughter or a nephew or a niece who wants to come in and run the business, then uh, their options, as they get older, get more limited and basically boil down to a choice of, do I invest in new press, new equipment, which, which means take out a huge loan, remortgage the house, I'm 55, 60, 65 years old, do I keep it running, in which case the value of the business diminishes over time as the equipment runs down in age, or do I look to sell, merge with another business? Uh, we had the Richard Rasmussen on here a few weeks ago running an ep- uh, with an episode talking about this whole issue, and, it's, and actually for people in that position, it is a great episode to listen to. Another example, uh, in, in Adelaide, Adelaide-based design and print services created to print. They bought Clare Print, which is a, a, a business based in the town of Clare, two hours north of Adelaide. They'll keep the brand on, but they'll take over the business. So yeah, we'll see it. We'll see much more of this going on in the future. Businesses, large and small. Of course, last month, uh, I've bought uh, Active Display Print and, and AFI branding. But for everyone in the industry, then mergers, uh, selling, it's a pathway. You've got to have an exit plan. Uh, for many print businesses, you need it. Yeah, and speaking of exit, that brings us neatly onto one of the high-profile print business leaders, Sandra Duarte at Centrum Print, um, who's also been on this podcast, in fact, who told us this week that she is finishing up. It will be sad to see her go, Wayne. Yeah, well, she's finishing at Centrum Print. She said, uh, she said, Wayne, it's not goodbye. It's hope to see you soon. Uh, Sandra's, Sandra's been, she's taken a two-month break, uh, but then come uh, February, she'll be looking for new opportunities, although... They may be outside print. We don't know. Uh, Sandra has been at uh, Centrum for 13 years, uh, general manager for much of that time, managing director the last two years, although she said that was basically a title. The role was the same. Uh, She said it's time for a change, been here for a long time. Sandra Duarte, one of the few women running a print business, certainly one of the large print businesses, and and, uh, a great advocate for the industry. You know, she's been very committed to taking the message of print to schools, to colleges, to youth clubs, uh, to young people's organizations. And in fact, she's setting up uh, a foundation, CEO Spark Foundation, to bring that message of not just print, but what young people can achieve uh, if they put their minds to it. She will be a loss to the industry, that's for sure. Uh, Centrum itself, during her time there, Centrum pivoted from being a general commercial printer into a uh, point of sale and packaging trade printer. A fantastic move. A lot of people looked at Percy Vidge, Linda, and Sandra at the time and thought, phew, that is a strong, that's a big move. A major investment, two huge KBA, well, one huge KBA press, but then it went so well, they put in another one straight, virtually straight away. So Sandra's obviously been a key player there and a, and a key advocate for the industry. So yeah, it will be sad to see her go, but nothing stays the same forever, they say. Yeah, and hopefully we will be able to retain her in some way. She has an inimitable brand of energy and enthusiasm, which she imparts to all around her. Well, um, speaking of energy and celebration, this month has been a very big month for many print businesses, 20 or so, I think, that won gold at the National Print Awards. It was really great to see them take place this year. 
Oh, yeah, he was. The National Print Awards were back. Um, the, the Pikers, a couple of them took place before uh, the National Print Awards. Uh, several of them took place on the same day or the same evening. Uh, congratulations to Carbonate and Style Print, Carbonate in New South Wales, Style Print Victoria. They were the big winners. Uh, the awards themselves were hybrid events. So we had the uh, sit-down dinner, uh, followed by live streaming of the National Print Awards, which, which were held in Brisbane, which, of course, you could only go to if you lived in Queensland because no one else can get into the state. Uh, it was hybrid, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't perfect, uh, but it was actually great. And it was interesting being at an actual live event with a lot of people. The first 10 minutes, slightly strange, uh, but after that, it was kind of life was back to normal. So, yes, let's hope that uh, for the industry as a whole, for the awards, that uh, these lockdowns are, are over, finished, and that's the end of them. What we did say at the awards, uh, print in this part of the world remains top class. Uh, and after the most difficult two years in the industry, industry's history, apart from the wars, obviously, uh, it was so good to see the commitment to quality that characterises Australia print. And the same was true of Pride in Print in New Zealand earlier in the year. You won't find better print anywhere in the, year, anywhere in the world, better quality print. Well, I'd agree with that, Wayne, and we have a lot to be proud of in our Australian industry. Well, that wraps up this episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. And Wayne, we could say, in fact, it's been a huge year in print. The fact we have come through it, there have been few company failures, and lockdowns seem to be a thing of the past, we are all thinking that next year has to be brighter. How do you see it shaping up? Well, talking to princes around the country, the one word they all say have on their lips now is busy. They're all busy. They're all making hay in the run-up to Christmas as lockdown ends and retail opens up, which is great news. Next year, though, you mentioned next year, that they go nervous. Next year is a big unknown. They're all hoping the wave they're currently riding will continue. The big issue will be supply. All print businesses should be ensuring, should be looking at ensuring they've got enough consumables for sure, more than they usually operate with on a just-in-time basis. And in fact, I know Jeff Selig at Ive has just said they're buying as much paper stock as they can and storing it here, there and everywhere. That's a prudent strategy for everyone. Shipping is going to be the key issue. And if shipping can tilt back in the right direction and lockdown ends, retail's back, sport's back, events are back, concerts are back, uh, pent-up demand is back. Hopefully, we'll see the print industry move forward uh, in economic terms as well as in environmental terms that we referred to earlier. Well, here's hoping, Wayne. I feel confident that um, we will see a comeback of sorts. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We do value your feedback as always. This is, in fact, the final Print Files podcast for the year, and we look forward to bringing you more in the new year. Uh, and can I just say, Lindy, for a full wrap of all the major news stories, the people, the businesses, the buys, the sells that have took place over this year, 2021, an amazing, remarkable year, uh, have a look at the November-December issue of Print 21. It's got the full year in review with all those major stories there. Well, thanks, Wayne. But now it's time for me, Lindy Houston, to say goodbye. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Pass from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us again early in the new year for It's Been a Big Month in Print. This episode was brought to you by Fujifilm Business Innovation Australia. Explore their Revoria Press Series today and embrace a colour revolution. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. 
If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.